speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Games. I've never seen all the games, but the ones that I did, it looked all right. I think as well, uh, we do this in general with any player. We just jump to a fucking major conclusion. Like, they're oh. amazing or shite based on the first handful of games. But loads of players have, like, a bad year, a bad two years, and then come good. That happens all the time. Like, yeah. see Havertz, right? I've, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about Havertz going to... The Arsenal and how it's a it's a bad move from an Arsenal point of view, and I remember when I was in the the draft chat talking about when when you signed Havertz and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, using did he ever really get a proper run of games and like his natural? He always seemed to be just be playing as like a false nine up front. Yeah, which I right. don't think is his natural position. No, like, it, I, I, I just, he had a striker in front of him. Aye, he was playing number ten all the time, as you know. So yeah. if he's gone to Arsenal, he's not going to. Be displacing Gabriel Jesus, he'll, if providing he's fit, he'll be leading the line. So you might see the best of Havertz. It just might not have worked out as what people would have expected as him to have at Chelsea. I think maybe right. what they're needing though is Arsenal are banking on getting Rice, obviously, because if they're selling party, they'll be wanting Rice and Odegaard maybe slightly more advanced, and then Havertz maybe at the peak of our midfield three, then obviously we Jesus, Saka, Martinelli as the front three. There was somebody else they were looking at. They're not looking at that Lavia face Fanton as well. Everybody is though. Everyone's after yeah. him. Go somewhere. That's the thing. Like fucking like now that City's coming for Rice, that that's they're just going to blow anybody out the water. He'll go there, and then Arsenal will be left with a second choice. It's just. I think I don't know because obviously West Ham have got a few in mind. I think that the only way that City, because City, you know, like they didn't overpay. I love. The, I think the fee that what you consider there's a chance that West Ham would essentially. A fee, a fee or a structure of a deal that's going to be worth more than what we are did are paying for Bellingham that I think you need to buy somebody to put although they've, he's got an agreement but he might need to say I want to go to Manchester City to West Ham in order to get that to go through uh, <laughs> I might give them Phillips or something not in an exchange because they didn't happen but uh, some certain agreement that he goes for 40 million or something like that and then obviously they're only Paying fifty or sixty combined. At least we're talking about sport when we're, we're going to watch a sport movie. So I mean, I'm just going to jump in and say that it sounds like we could all be amazing football coaches, guys. Whatever thoughts and opinions on that, but let's actually talk about an amazing coach in the, this week's movie. But welcome into another episode of Morons Review Movie, Movie Movies. <laughs> we are uh, back to just the five of us for the first time in a few weeks. The dub shoot are sorely missed. It's been a whole week since we've actually spoken to you. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was chuckling away at last week's recording because there's a, the, the things that we um, we try to pretend that we've got this professionalism about us and we'll raise in the in the Skype call whilst we're doing this for you that don't know we aren't just amazingly timed for what we say. We do put our hands up in the chat. We're very nice and polite, but we tend to just tell people we've got our hands up or we'll say, "Bunsey, your hands up." But you want do you want to talk? <laughs> we need to get better at having the little cues so that we can actually just carry on with the conversation. But this week we are in to talk about Coach Carter, um, which is controversy surrounds a high school basketball coach, Ken Carter, after he benches the entire team 
for breaking their academic contract with him. Remind me, who selected Coach Carter? Me. Me. Always a great way to answer that. Sean Ans- Sean. It'd be, it'd, do I, I'm saying me. It'd have been weirder if you said your own name. <laughs> Aye. Aye, I know. Don't be yourself in the third person. Zarp and Fuel. I fucking... I fucking hate Zlatan. He's a wanker. <laughs> of course he did. He's got confidence and he's outgoing. That's everything you hate in a person. <laughs> and he refers him and he talks about himself in the third person. Like that's um, no, no issues with somebody that's confident and outgoing, but trying to be a wanker about it. <laughs> I do I do love the story though when when he went to the MLS. I don't even know how true this is, but I've heard it many a times mm-hmm. when he joined the MLS and it was that LeBron James sent him a jersey. So he signed it and sent it back. <laughs> oh, no, I thought you were going to say that. Did they know when he joined Delhi Galaxy? Did he not pay for like a billboard and said something like you're no, they, no, it was a full page that. spreading like the LA Times or whatever. It was like, welcome to Zlatan. Which like he paid for himself. It's like right. that. Amazing. What a guy. I love it. I love it. Sean, well, listen up. You, talk, you take it away. You talk first about your movie. So, Coach Carter, uh, this was my unseen, uh, but I've seen bits of it, funnily enough, but I've not seen the whole film. Uh, I mainly picked this because it kind of, like, for me, I get overwhelmed with all the, the serious fucking three-hour-long films that you guys pick all the time. So I thought to give me and my pal Craig a wee break, I'll pick a sport movie. <laughs> uh, and it's a sport that's very close to my heart. I was very good at basketball it's, in school. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> we should have had Dave on for this episode. So uh, I was, I, I've this has been on my, this has been on my my list for quite a while. Uh, but I, I, I I'm kind of confident that everybody here, I think, would have enjoyed it. I don't think there's a lot to dislike. It's a very simple story. Uh, underperforming team full of uh, students that could potentially take a wrong path in life are basically put in the straight and narrow by a, a strict coach uh, who then just basically turns up. I think they won four games in the, the season prior and then he gets them on a, was that a 17-game winning streak. Uh, I think it lasted to be, uh, I mean, that happens all the time, doesn't it? But I think uh, his relationship with the, with the players, you could see it like as soon as he walked in the gym and he was calling names sir, like you, you, that's not something that you would see really normally, like a coach calling his players, sir. Like, and I quite like that because it is obviously like it's a respect thing. The demand, so he's shown respect and he, and he demands respect back. Uh, so like I like that straight away. And then just the, the obviously you had a couple of the players like I can't remember his name. If it was the boy who had the cousin who was portrayed as about a gangster and got shot, is it Cruz or something like that? Cruz, thanks me, yeah. Aye, so like he was the first week kind of weapon and all that. He's like you can see all oh, that this boy's going to be trouble. He's going to try and straighten him out. He, he leaves the like he goes to punch him first and he leaves the gym and all that. So like, I I just like that kind of storyline. He's having to get these boys back on side and he's got one boy whose mum comes to see him in the in the sports shop and like he you can tell he's getting a bit emotional about her talking about how she lost money her sons and all that. Uh, I did find that a wee bit cheesy at certain bits. Like it, it kind of went a bit like high schooly for me. Yeah. Like some bits, like uh, the bit where they were sneaking off for the party after they won 
one of the games. Uh, it was they were in another town and they were staying overnight. So there yeah, was a wee the time. There was, yeah. So there was wee bits of it that were a bit kind of like high school, kind of like teen drama type thing. Uh, but it didn't really ruin it overall for me because I, 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 when it was it was getting a bit like that, I felt it was kind of drawn back in to a bit more kind of serious and a bit more of a kind of like an adult film, if you if, if you get what I mean. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I liked how there wasn't as such like a happy ending with them winning that game against that St Francis team. Uh, it was St Francis uh, primary that I went to actually play in St Francis basketball squad. Uh, I was in the 95 team, obviously based in <laughs> Bainsford uh, and not in Cincinnati or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, oh, so I, uh, sorry, Sean, just before you carry on, I would love to see like all the pictures of your class, like as at the end saying Sean Thiel went on to have a career at SSE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so SSE no more, over baby. But uh, I, I liked how there wasn't that, like, like uh, obviously he'd done the week kind of, it wasn't a half time speech, it was a time out speech where he basically brought them back into the game. And then obviously they lost it to be a point at the end. I like that because in life you don't always win, guys. So it was nice to see that there wasn't really a happy ending from a, like a sporting point of view. The happy ending was that it got them where they needed to be with their, their schoolwork, which is more important than basketball, which is the whole point he was making, is that everybody just cared about how the team performed instead of how these individuals done. Because obviously if, if they can get their their school work right and they're in the right place there's more chance they can go on and do some of their life so like I like that whole message thing and that I thought that was really good uh, but I just for me uh, an enjoyable film obviously last week's probably was one that you had to proper concentrate on which, which I'm terrible at so that's I got lost with last week's film but this is something that I think anybody could just sit down and put on and watch and you don't really need to be totally switched on to follow it through so a fairly enjoyable watch for me. What about you, Kyle? Sean. Your hands up there. Don't tell people. This was just going to be a seamless transaction into me talking. <laughs> Nobody would have noticed. We'd have been all good. Um, before everybody jumps in with their points. Sean, did, were you aware that this was based on a true story? Uh, I knew there was two elements to it. I have no idea how accurate it is, though. I didn't bother reading up. Uh, I kind of struggle with basketball stuff now after. It's about like what could have been for me. So it was a bit emotional watching this for me. <laughs> on that note, Kyle, I did look that up, and this might be—I might have just jumped on what you were going to say—but Ken Carter, the actual guy that got interviewed about it, and they said, "How accurate is it?" And he said it was ninety-eight point five percent accurate. He said it was. No, that was just on. I've got this in my trivia. That is Jackson's portrayal is ninety-eight point five percent accurate. Not the actual rest of the film. Just Samuel uh, Jackson's portrayal. We'll save that. We'll keep the we'll keep the listeners intrigued, Hunter, and you can fill us in on what was true and what was not. I just just what you, you said there about the message, and I thought I wonder if you actually knew that this was based mm-hmm. or loosely based on a on a true story. Um, the big thing for me for this film, I, and I I really like it. I've seen it quite a few times now. Um, is I feel like the coach Carter role. He comes into this into this team that are obviously a talented team with no direction. But he fills that role as of like a father role for them all, is what I felt from it. Like they're in a really deprived area where they've either not got both parents in their family or they've got 
the the father may just work constantly to provide for them in this low income area, and they don't have the the man to set them straight and to call them sir and to treat them with the respect, but also to give them discipline. Like I love the the control that he takes over them with the the suicide running, the push ups, like standard basic stuff, but it makes it non negotiable. And so I've got. A, I've taught Taekwondo clubs before and I've taught teenagers and I've taught like young adults and getting them to do what you want to do is fucking difficult. Although they're there in your environment to be coached by you, if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. So you have to get that stamp of authority over them. And then, but basic things like, I'm just going to make you run until you listen to me works. It's weird. Like we'll just do it and do it and do it and we'll be bitter about it. But it'll get done. But this, this, I think the story's got some really good parts. The part where where Cruz wants to come back into the team, mm-hmm. and he knows that he needs to earn it. Um, there's two parts I love to. I love the fact that he's ruthless enough to tell him that you never actually met the requirements, so you're not coming back, even though you've tried. I'm not going to compromise for you. And then obviously the team steps up and does it as well. I just thought like that whole part builds up so well because. You start rooting for for uh, for Cruz, and you start rooting for him to get back into the team, and you can see that he wants to be there, and he wants to get away from that shitty life that his cousins are pulling him into. And it's heartbreaking when you when he misses out because he's so done and deflated. And then obviously you get that little moment where they're like, "Right, I'll do something for him. I'll do I'll do this. I'll do that." And yeah, that part's excellent. I think the fa- my person that I really enjoy the most watching this is Big Junior Battle. I think yeah. he's class. Mm-hmm. I think. It's, it's weird, that? I don't think the one, the one that's really stupid, the top, the best player, but he's thick as shit. Oh, right. aye, aye, aye. I think I think the actor plays plays the role amazing. Like you, you do get the feeling that he's thick as fuck, but he's a really talented sportsman. Uh, and like you say, Sean, it does put that message in that he still has to do his education. So he defied that, and then the, what's the line that the teacher uses? It's like uh, junior battles, like a solar eclipse. Hi. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but when you do it, it's memorable. And I just feel like again that that took Coach Carter a while to break that down to get that player to become who he who he wants him to be, who ultimately then goes and has a successful life because of it. Um. So yeah, no. Only positive stuff to say about it. There's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see the part with the cheese. It is very American in some aspects. Like you just wouldn't get away with that kind of stuff here. But um, no, n- nothing, nothing really negative overall to say about it. I just think it's a movie I've seen several times, so it's not like new or a surprise to me. Um, can watch it whenever. It's the kind of movie I'd stick on if I'm going on a, a train journey somewhere where I don't have to give it my full attention, but I can still enjoy it all the same. It's um. Interesting, you made the point about like the Ameri- how American it is, right? And the, I, I, I'm just going to say early on, I did enjoy this film. It's very, very easy to watch, like Sean said. It's difficult to to maybe not enjoy it, I would say. But the thing I found the most interesting, and I, it still blows my mind to this day, right? We, all of us, like Sean had his successful uh, basketball career at school, right? But how many, you didn't have crowds of people, like, there, no. like, American high school sport fascinates me, man. It's so mental. Like, it's well, fucking insane. Like, college, like, like uh, college football is, like, a big thing out there. Like, stadiums sell it, like, 
80,000 for us. Crazy. And again, it's because of the money involved. Like, then a franchise will come and take the best player from said school and then that then plows hundreds of millions over time back into these schools. That's how they've got these world-class facilities and they develop athletes. It's a crazy system, but again, it's, it would never happen here. It's just the way there's just that much money over there that they... It's crazy that I get that whole... It's just mental. Like, I kind of get my head doing that. Like, here you're lucky if you get what you've got, like, the coaches, some passers by a couple of parents, and probably the local nuns just partaking in a high school sports game here. That's about it. <laughs> the local nuns is a good name. You could almost kind of compare it, because obviously, with your American sports, like basketball, eh, NFL, baseball, that kind of... It's, You've got like it's big franchises, like it's stuff that's known around the world. Even if you're not interested in it, everybody knows what MLB is, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA. So like these college things, because obviously where they're gone is they're picking these players from the college, the best players for their franchises. So these college games are almost like like the championship, or like League One, kind of League Two, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Because like they don't seem to have that in America. You've just got a closed shop. With all these franchises playing the same games every year, running up to this big, either whether it's the playoffs or basketball, Super Bowl, Stanley Cup, whatever it is, or World Series, I've just named them all. But uh, it's it's all just a closed shop until some rich guy comes to a town and says, "I'm going to create a franchise here," and they just build mm-hmm. one, founded mm-hmm. in 2020, and all of a sudden they've got 50,000 people at their games every week. That that blows my mind more than anything about American sports. Is it like I came across a video on Twitter uh, about it was the uh, the Las Vegas Knights just won the Stanley Cup, and uh, like my cousin's got a Canadian girlfriend, so he's like she's got him into hockey, and like after after the last after the last game of the season, I, I was watching my mum and dad's dog. They were away for the weekend, so I said to him to come back, and we were up to like six in the morning. We we're watching hockey. I think I sent Bunsy pitch. Honestly, it was fucking right. amazing. It was absolutely fucking amazing, right? But <laughs> anyway, that's how I, that's how I kind of was following the fucking the Las Vegas thing. And this fan, right, uh, like was was on this video on Twitter, and the guy goes, "How long have you been a Knights fan?" And he goes, "Oh, from the beginning." And he goes, "Oh, 2018." And he's like, "Yep." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just that blows oh. my fucking mind. Like, how yeah. can you just like? Like, we've all got our own teams, right? And mm-hmm. we would never change our own teams for any for any reason. Whether well, like, I... the money again, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a different story. But like, <laughs> if I was to look at like, if I look at uh, like, we'll use Hunter and Kyle as an example, right? Two my United fans, like, because I don't support my United, I don't understand how they support my United. I don't understand how you could support my United, but they'll look at me and other people and think, I don't understand how you support your team. But Americans just, they'll change it. If they move from Ohio to Nebraska, they'll be from an Ohio, Ottawa, and they'll be a Nebraska eh, nonce within a fucking... (laughs) Nebraska nonce. (laughs) that's, That's their team. Just because they've moved... Which is, it just blows, it blows my mind. It blows my, that's what blows my mind more than like the whole college aspect because I just look at that like lower league football here. Aye, but so, 
what I'm sorry, saying, I was really, really long-winded to get that point. No, oh, sorry. Well, I would kind of say the closest thing that what we've probably ever witnessed or seen something to in my lifetime that probably comes closest, the whole Wimbledon becoming MK Dons. And basically they had to start, it was a completely new fan base that they had to start with because all the proper old Wimbledon fans stayed with the AFC Wimbledon. So because they were played that far away, nobody's like, oh, I'm going to go travel up to MK Dons and back yeah. Milton Keynes, sorry, every week. I've just got to stay in South London. I'm not going to do that round journey. But it's, that's the thing. In America, when a team or a franchise moves, say, from Texas to to fucking Washington State, fans are all going, oh, I'm, I'm staying with the Seahawks. I'm moving all the way up there. Like, you can't, I mean, they just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, mental. And the MLS teams themselves, and not just MLS, but American teams, it, they could be called the New York Giants, but the New York Giants could be playing in Vegas. They don't necessarily need to be playing in New York. They still have the same name, but they could be playing in a completely different state. They just move the team. But they'll change the name. New York Red Bulls play in New Jersey. Like, that's what mm-hmm. one of Sorry, Daniel. No, I was just going to say, it's happened. It's the LA Raiders is one of them, and they've moved, like, three different cities, and they just changed the, they just changed the city. And it's like the whatever Raiders that become. <laughs> I can remember it was always more growing up. It was Oakland Raiders, eh? Like, yeah, everyone used to have an Oakland Raiders hat. And they went, they moved to LA, and they just became the LA Raiders. It's so mm. fucking strange. Like, but it's like America. Like, there's buildings in Stennis Muir that are older than America. So like, everything there's new. They've never had a chance to like build up these, like loyalties like we've got here. Um, but the point as well, like the college stuff, I sort of get because it's so big time. But there's some of these high school, like 15, 16 year old kids, they've got stadiums at the high schools. Mm-hmm. Like, and see, can you imagine here if uh, if Lambert High's football team got told like he's only playing a game until you get your grades up? There wouldn't be, imagine like a press conference at Lambert High. So, why are you not letting them play, Mr. Donaldson, your dick? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, fucking batter eyelid. <laughs> no. I was just going to sp- uh, say there on the back of your, uh, your loyalty comment, like, Obviously, you'll have sports fans in America, and again, I'm kind of digressing a wee bit, but because you've got those like four main, they're massive in America. Those four four big sports, like if you're living in, uh, let's say Los Angeles, right? Are you like a and let's say you like basketball, you like baseball, and you like American football? Are you as passionate about like about about the Lakers as you are about whatever LA NFL team they've got? Like I can't imagine that either. Like being as passionate about like another like entity and another sport Uh, as I am about like the club I support in football like how do they have that same passion and drive and energy to actually do that if you were into rugby and football how you'd be able to just be into them to the same extent I I find that I think the difference is as well America the seasons for these sports all kind of they try to run so you've got access to sport all year round like for the fact that you're playing American football outside over winter, but yet the fucking hockey's playing indoor when it's summer. Like, just make that make sense. <laughs> the fact that Las Vegas, which is in the middle of a desert, even has an ice hockey team is fucking mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> just uh, and they're the fucking champs as well, which is crazy. Jump in here for those that are, are listening that don't really understand what we're talking about when it comes to the, the moving around. I was just reading a little bit about the Las Vegas Raiders, as they're currently known. They started off as the Oakland Raiders from, uh, I don't know, from like the 60s, up until 1982, where they moved to Los Angeles and become the LA uh, Raiders. 
they were there until 2017 when they they then relocated to Las Vegas to become the Las Vegas Raiders. What a load of shite, honestly. It's so <laughs> nonsense. Like. Mm-hmm. But that is, the, that is the equivalent of Celtic moving from Glasgow to Edinburgh to Inverness. Mm-hmm. Aye. I just, just aye. Yeah. It's so, so be the, Ed, the Edinburgh Celtics. The Inverness Celtics. <laughs> but it would, it would then just be like, it would just be like fucking, uh, I suppose I. That's what I'm saying. Sure. You would lose your, you lose any sort of local, yeah. I don't know, camaraderie around it, but. I think you're right, Sean, that I think these guys do just care about everything about their city, because I think Americans are just patriotic in general. Yeah. So, like, for example, like, Philadelphia, the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago, and the baseball team, all know this because it's always sunny, right? But they both did, they did themed episodes about both when they won the World Series and when they won the Super Bowl, and they loved it just as much, like, they just support the city. Like, it's weird. Uh, they would never mm-hmm. support anyone but another city, whereas... Here, Rangers and Celtic, they've probably got more fans outside Glasgow than they do inside Glasgow. Like it's, it's more like a cultural thing than it is a patriotic thing. And they've always got one team per city. So they don't really have any internal sort right. of struggles. But right. the big thing here is two teams for the same city and you like to fight against your own, like the ones closest to you. And mm. America doesn't have that. They just like everything contained within one. I guess it sums up how they are. So all these sports are so insular like it's called the world series and it's fucking just america it's, it's uh, america st- and you might have a team from canada or mexico that's about it uh, Aye. to be fair but, to them like and the sports that i've watched and like i like watching the super bowl because it is it's just it looks good like it, it's it's like an event like they put on a show if you're a casual and you go to watch like the super bowl or the nba playoffs it, like, it's very presentable to just a casual viewer. It just looks good. Whereas, and, and the Champions League final is getting more and more like that. We yeah. like fucking getting a singer in and stuff like that. It's very, mm-hmm. getting very Americanized, uh, which is fine. As long, like, I would hate to think they would ever bring in a fucking halftime show and all that. But that's a massive thing over there. Like, who's doing the halftime show and the Super Bowl and all that? But they definitely know how to put on a show. but just like the leagues, it's just a very closed shop. It's all like in state, as you said. Whereas, like you'll have, because football's worldwide, you you could have a, a fucking you'll have you, you well you do have you've got fans of Man United fans in Nigeria, Kuwait, mm. all over the place. You've got fucking fans of oh you have fans of Oldham in Scotland somewhere. You have like do you know what I mean? It's just no matter where there'll be a fan of a football club somewhere around the world. I, d- I just wanted to, to jump in and share, share a story. But you mentioned about the different sports and all that they've got in America, and I would love to go and experience one of them in America. Like, go to a World Super Bowl, World Series, that kind of thing. And I had one opportunity when I was in New York, and I've probably I maybe told this story before. As we all know, my memory's not the best, so I'm more than likely told this story. But you're going to have to bear with me for the next three minutes whilst I tell this. This is but, how you opened the podcast. You just tell us this at the start. <laughs> are we still recording <laughs> uh, but I went to New York with my good friend Burnsy um, and while I was in New York the New York who I didn't know their names they were playing the Lakers the Knicks were playing the Lakers when we were there in New York and I wanted to get tickets to go to the game 
And uh, my, my, I, wa- I wanted to go and obviously didn't want to go myself. I had two of my friends there with me that were ha- had a bit too much to drink the night before and refused to get tickets to go to the actual game because they decided that rather than going to the NBA game at Madison Square Garden, that they would just spend over 24 hours in their hotel room recovering from their hangover on the three or four days that we were there in New York. <laughs> I think you've added stuff to so I'm sure you tried to go and get tickets and they were sold. Well, okay, so I, on that particular day, I got up in the morning and I went across and I was lovely. I bought my, my good friend Craig a subway to try and sober off a little bit. You also made me eat jalapenos before I got the subway. <laughs> Top of jalapenos, you're not going to eat every one of them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, man, a man in his like late 20s f- f- being force fed a tub of jalapenos just so he could eat his sandwich it's like uh, it's like Cruz having to do his two and a half thousand push ups like, I know but you've got to learn your discipline that was what it was like <laughs> well on, so on that day I, I then gets out of the hotel room and I leave them uh, Lusted had convinced Burnsy that uh, the Empire State Building was not worth going up because we had went up the Rockefeller Centre the day before <laughs> So I left and went, because uh, Lusty wanted to have some company in the hotel room. God knows what they two were up to. Um, but I then went up the rock, like the Empire State Building myself, like just had a, a day out in New York all by myself, came back to see if they were human enough to get tickets. And they were like, right, okay, let's go. Let, let's see if you can get them, but we're not coming out to get them. You go get them yourself. So I then went to the office to try and get, get tickets to find out they'd sold out about 20 minutes before the time that I'd arrived. So oh, if, well, if you didn't go a day for yourself and got the tickets, you wouldn't have had that problem. You, just you were telling me you wanted to come in. I was giving you the opportunity to still come because I wanted to go and experience this day. You know, my, my two friends decided that the inside of the four walls in New York would, would, would be much better than actually experiencing culture. Well, that's if the mayor Sterling wants a day indoors, then the mayor Sterling can have a that day. Was after, that was the night after the mayor Sterling show was formed, actually. <laughs> uh, that, that was a that that was a, a good night. A good night. We'll, we'll just leave that at that. But Daniel, um, just before we, I will take us back onto the movie in a minute. But I was like the closest thing I've had to that experience because I would love it, like the big Super Bowl thing. Was I went obviously went to WrestleMania, and it is it's a different world, a big event over there, like. I went down early to the stadium and there was a, there was pre-arranged like parties, like cookouts and all that in the car park. And like, but you had to, you're meant to have paid for a ticket for this thing. But I just fucking wandered in. There was free food and free booze everywhere. Um, but they're, they're very polite Americans and I don't think they know how to deal with people. And you're meant to have a, a special band. There was one band for food and one band for alcohol. Obviously I had nothing when I just wandered in and started drinking the booze and that. And the guy, this wee guy came up, he was like, Excuse me, sir, do you have a band? I just went, no. Nah. Like, um, <laughs> all right. Um, and then he went, went away and spoke to someone else. And I was just kidding. He was like, right, it's okay, you can stay. I was like, all right, cool. Like, I didn't, it, didn't want any confrontation. It was so weird. Um, but I, the whole thing is massive. That was at the New York, New Jersey Jets, American football stadium. Mm-hmm. So it's technically New Jersey. Um, but it's so fucking huge. But to bring it back to the movie. Um, I, quickly, Daniel, is that I think that's the thing about in terms of the UK in general how we are shocking at like if you go to anything in the UK there's never anything around it it's a nightmare to get to and from and I've only really been to things like in Germany mainly but the transport they have out of places and how there's like fan zones and all that kind of stuff and obviously you've said about they put stuff on actually to make it an event for you whereas here it's like they're just desperate to get you into the stadium with as little time as possible, then horseshoe it and don't care how long it takes you to get home. Yeah. So 
that's definitely that's, something that other that's countries really bad have here. In Scotland, I would say we are the worst for that. Like uh, football fans in this country are basically just seen as criminals. Like you can't drink in a train going to a game. You've got a rugby game the next day and they're all drinking, drinking in the streets and all that. Like football fans in this country are just viewed in a totally different aspect, and in England as well, in a totally different aspect from any other country in Europe. For some reason, it's it's bizarre. Like there was a day, once uh, I keep my Celtic game with me uh, on Christmas Eve. And uh, like it was, we were playing St Johnston, right? Now, St Johnston don't have a massive travel and support of that. I think they would have maybe had around 100, 150. And again, there's no like, there's no historical rivalry between Celtic and St Johnston. There's never any fan trouble. But this is just exclusive to that game. Every single game outside the, the turnstile I go into, there is always four or five horses just lined up. Right, and I and I say to Bonzi, I, I goes, if something kicks off, right, there's a, there's this, there's sixty thousand people going into this game. They're all walking around the stadium, going to their separate bits. If anything kicks, is that horse going to just gallop through every cunt and chase this one person down? It's so it's just so much overkill, and they actually yeah. make you feel like you're doing something wrong just by their presence mm. there. And this country is just horrendous at the way that they treat football fans in general, like the UK is, it's just, it is atrocious. And that's got a massive part to play in how these games don't feel like that big an event because you just feel like you one wrong move and you could get fucking huckled by a fucking policeman. Like there was a guy drinking a can of beer on his way to the ground. Uh, I think we were playing Rangers. It was just a can of beer, just walking. No, he wasn't singing anything, he wasn't shouting anything, he was walking. And th- three of them ran over to him and huckled him. I'm like it's just a, it's a canny beer. <laughs> the funniest thing about that whole story is that for people who maybe don't go to football or anything like that, you didn't once say that it was a horse with a policeman on it. Oh, <laughs> I <right>, sorry. <laughs> <that> was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was, it was it was police horses with policemen it's on very it. Very well trained horses. Like <laughs> <laughs> the turnstiles were they just got. Got lost in the way back for Hamilton races. I think the turnstiles were the starting blocks for the races. The horse is putting the handcuffs on them. <laughs> Some poor Bunty. boy in America. Bunty, just to bring, bring you in there, had, had you seen this movie before? Uh, no, I hadn't seen it before. I'd, uh, I had heard of it, obviously. So um, I was actually quite good at Sean picked it. Um, I thought Samuel Jackson was class throughout it. Like every time it was on screen, I was good to it. Um, I think I enjoyed. I enjoyed most of it. I wouldn't say it's like one of my favourites that we've watched in terms of maybe even probably seen better sports movies. Um, I thought that the 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 amount of on field action they probably had was just about right because it didn't seem to have that much. I mean, I don't like that in a sports movie. I don't want to see loads of basketball or loads of whatever it is if it's rugby, football, anything. Like, I, I watch sports around to see all the action. I want to see the background stuff and the story, which I thought was quite good. Um, I think they didn't maybe go in, in depth as much as what I would have liked them to do about the players' lives, because it was only just a... You saw, like, real... You just saw snippets of it, which didn't really get me... Like, when you were saying about one of the other actors, is I can't, didn't click on who that was at first, which is because, obviously, they didn't get enough maybe screen time on their own. Um, the only other things is like, you've obviously mentioned about it being a true story, is like, for me, is 
I wonder how, which obviously Hunt will come on to how true it is based on, because obviously you've got that this team's basically hopeless when he comes in. And then without getting any new players, it just makes them into these, this great team, which obviously part of it, I did like how they sort of built the relationships with the players. And one of the things that I liked was how, um, what was it, uh, Cruz, is like when his um, brother gets shot, how he goes to Samuel L. Jackson, even though they've had their problems, and he's the person he turns to, and he accepts them and takes them in and wants to care for them, because he obviously does respect them. And you can see that in the way it's acted as well. So I think there wasn't, there wasn't any sort of poor actors at all in the film, I didn't think, either. It felt as if you went on a bit, quite a bit of journey too, um, from the very start, and obviously how when they come, when Coach Carter comes in, the players are kind of looking at him and really dubious about what he's asking them to do because they're obviously probably just seen as, "I'm going to play basketball. I'm going to be fine. This is what I love. I don't care about, don't care about my grades, etc. All that kind of thing." Um, and it obviously takes you a complete. Journey with it turning out with the, the lockout and then him, uh, Coach Carter, basically going to leave and the team refusing to play and going against basically what probably their family expected them to do as well and realising that he's he's had that much an influence on them that they've realised themselves that there is more to life than just playing basketball and I think some of the scenes where he goes in depth and talks about like what he sees happen to them in the future, and that was quite hard hitting for probably for people maybe watching it that are in maybe maybe have been in situations like that or grown up, and maybe that is the kind of lifestyle places that are living in. Where, um, so no, I thought it was I thought it was really good for that point of view. So it's only like sort of small small issues I've really got, but overall, I'd say it was enjoyable. And it there wasn't really any. I don't think there was much like funny scenes at all in it, I didn't really think. Like when I had the party scene and stuff, that didn't really like I don't know if that's where they were going with that in terms of trying to make it funny when they're getting caught and in the in the pool and all that kind of stuff. Like it was worth it in terms of it added to the story and because obviously they're going back in the bus and things. But yeah it was overall I thought it was enjoyable. It's good. Did anyone was anyone in the movie The Member of the Titans? Nope. No. No. So I'm sure that came out a year before or the same year as this. Um and it's very, very, very similar, except it, it focuses more on like the racial issues in the in the local town. Um and it's Denzel Washington's doing the Coach Carter sort of part in it. Um and that is a slightly better, higher quality version of this. The one thing it's a very enjoyable movie. Um but like Burns would say, it's not going to be high up there for me because it doesn't have a lot of... It's not very high in quality, I wouldn't say. And the mm-hmm. bit I noticed at the start is it's an MTV movie. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is just, like, there's a lot of music in it. The music, the soundtrack's really good if you're into that sort of late 90s hip-hop, um, which I quite like a lot of that stuff. But it was good. The soundtrack was good. But it is quite low-end in terms of, like, the quality of the acting, I think. Um, but it's, it's not meant to be this amazing thing. But it is very nice, I think, to see Samuel Jackson in a lead part. Because mm-hmm. how often Samuel Jackson's most often is like a side character or like yeah. a, uh-huh. a sort of bit part character. And he's always excellent at what he does. But I really enjoyed seeing him get to show more of the upper range of being like the main guy. And he's mm-hmm. the best thing about this film by a mile. Like I think Samuel Jackson's class in it. 
it's just it is a wee bit cheesy. And the one thing I felt a wee bit short changed on was so like you get wee hints early on, like when the group first go out to like the cafe or the with the diner or wherever they're going, and you first see um Cruz going that he's dealing drugs for that guy and you see him mm-hmm. go get the money and all that, right? And there's that bit of tension where there's a group of three guys staring at the your main guys, your main characters. Then later on, there's like the confrontation in the street where Cruz shows them that he's got a gun and shit's nearly going down. But the only guy that anything bad actually happens to is a guy off screen that you didn't care about. And I, I, yeah. I kind of wanted, and it sounds sounds horrible, but I kind of wanted one of them to get shot or one of them mm-hmm. to end up in one of these horrible situations or get arrested or something to kind of prove the point that Samuel Jackson is making throughout the whole movie. Whereas it, it kind of goes a wee bit too, everyone just falls in line and everything sort of goes a bit too nicely for me. Uh, when you said this, like, I don't remember who it was that said earlier when, when Cruz is calling back and obviously the team's sort of doing all the exercises for them and all that kind of stuff. It'd be like you say, it'd be interesting to see how they all how they reacted after some after somebody going through sort of tougher times as well. Instead of yeah. like you say, being his brother, so obviously you can see briefly. And I think as well that his when his reaction to his brother getting killed, obviously see at the time, but it's not extended throughout the film. It's kind of just forgotten about and left there, I would say. I mean, it just didn't really came to mind until until now, really, when you mentioned that. Aye, it just feels a little bit lacking in, in danger or consequence, whereas Samuel Jackson's batting home the danger and the consequences all the way through mm. the film. And I just think it would have added an extra layer to it if there was, like, even the guy that gets his girlfriend pregnant, by the end, she's just like, oh, I've got to do the baby anyway. On you go, yeah. just go and fucking play basketball. Yeah. So is it with, with you saying that I was like I wonder to myself like who would that character be and I I would I, I'm like that the guy that plays Worm would be the perfect guy for that scenario because he's not really the main player he's not the main star he's a bit of a comedic relief he's a bit of a joker he's liked by everybody yeah something tragic or something terrible happening to him would have been a bigger thing for those players to then knuckle down and get into it and I suppose if this was a completely fictitious movie, that may have been the way that it would have went, but they maybe hopefully tried to stay a bit closer to the source material for it to to be the way that it has been. But no, it's a good point. It's a fair point. Uh, it's not obviously the best sports movie that we've ever seen. That's obviously kept there for Moneyball. That's definitely <laughs> the best one. Uh, <laughs> or Warrior. Moneyball or Warrior. That's the two that we'll, we'll have. Uh, remember the Titans, Daniel, came out five years before Coach Carter. Okay. Um, um, I recommend that one for Sean and Burnsy because he's like this sort of film. Like That's like this, but on a much higher mm-hmm. level. So definitely like it. Also also one that I've not seen. I've just not seen there as well that Ryan Gosling's in it. So it's obviously going to be definitely worth a watch for a bit of eye candy. Has anyone not had a fair share of their, their chat? I haven't it? yet. Um, anybody at all? No? Nobody at all. Come in here. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, I think you're on mute. Oh, I'm mute, I. <laughs> no. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Oh, it's, it's, when, it's when someone takes a deep breath or they go, right. <laughs> I'm just thinking how do I need to word this? I don't want to shit on it, but some aspects of the film do need shit on. Good. As the points have been touched on, Samuel Jackson, great. His relationship with the boys, great. 
the whole build up that team spirit, that camaraderie, everything that he's done. He's been done what he said to do. Did they win the championship? No, but they fucking gave it the damn sick better what they've done previously. And also, he's helped bring his son in. He's helped give him a bit of discipline. He's bring him in. Obviously, that's a good, good aspect of his relationship with his son. That he's that type of character that his son, who was in a very privileged school to begin with, it's like, no, let me mess it with the fucking job I was doing here. I went to because I went to play for you. That's the level of respect that he's demanded of his own son. And again, you then see that from the rest of the team. So again, kudos to that. But it does reek it as at times it was basically step up but with basketball instead of dancing. Yeah. As a bit at times. And also Channing Tatum needs fucking slapped. I know this was his first ever film, but my god, it's he's so annoying. He is annoying. I think he was, I think he was terrible in this. Uh, yeah. I he's so desperate to fit in with the other basketball yes. players. Aye. And I imagine See the maybe bit. he is like being that kid in that environment. Maybe that's how he would act, but fuck me, he was so annoying. Aye, he was very wooden as well. Like, see, and the funny bit is when they're doing. There's a scene where it goes to the high school and there's a wee group of them doing like wee freestyles apps together. And yeah. Channing Tatum is doing it and he's fucking awful at it. Like, <laughs> just cut that out of the film. It's so fucking bad. He's also but got I, the, his character name is the whitest name I've ever heard in my life. Uh, Jason Lyle. Well, one thing I was going to say is I didn't think there was really a need for Coach Carter's son to be in the film. I don't think it really added anything to it. Like, Still, in fact, it's a true story. Hmm. Would that also show, though, that you've got somebody who, what Kyle just said, is in a privileged position at a better school, a safer school, by all means, but he still wants to go and slum it with his dad at this place that probably his... What's the right word? His character probably wouldn't initially fit in. And it didn't really, because they never, like, when he walked in, he had the suit on and all that. It was kind of like Carlton, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. vibes is what I got. Like that's exactly what I thought. He so like that again. That probably just shows that like, that's more a testament to his dad that he wants to do that just to play under his dad. That's what mm-hmm. I took for it. But again, like, if you don't think that that was a, a good part of the film, that's completely up to you. There's also the point is if it was if it was the I don't know if it was the actor that was getting on my nerves or whether it was the idea like the son part being involved in it. Whether that was needed, I couldn't really put my finger on it. Right. So this is my question now. So the son is a freshman, so I, I, I get confused with what ages these kids are in the grand scheme of things. So we're presuming that these are maybe two or three years older, possibly, the rest yeah. of the team. Was he the victim of sexual assault in that pool at that party? Yes. So I've got it here. Uh, freshman is the age between 14 and 15, and sophomore is between 15 and 16. And senior of 16 and 17, then, oh. is the next one. Uh, it's a bit strange, eh, when you think about it. Yeah. But, I mean, on the point you were saying, like, Sean, you were saying, uh, Hunter, about um, him turning up and being the sort of black sheep at the school, and he turns up in the full suit and looking stupid, right? <laughs> but to take my point back earlier on, there was no consequence to that. He didn't even get bullied or picked on or nothing. No, no. Like, there wasn't even any point in showing him turn up in his jacket and tie and looking like a geek because... Nothing bad happened. No, the team accepted him straight away. There was like one wee comment where, like, oh, he's a freshman, he's not going to get a game, and that's it. Never made is that not a thing though? Like in America, like if you're good at sports, you're instantly popular. It doesn't matter. Aye. 
also the fact as well that his dad being the coach, if you're going to get pulled up for bullying the son, you're not going to play in the team, have you? So, but uh, again, that's not stopping other people who aren't on the basketball team kicking shit on for being a briefcase wanker. A briefcase wanker. <laughs> <laughs> we think as well that um, Samuel Jackson's giving him left to school, so he's going to know what the rest of the kids are being, and he's going all suited and booted. <laughs> you think he'd be like, nah, you better know where that. It's a bit stupid, like that. Unless maybe that was part of the true story. We'll find. How long would it have lasted at uh, Larbert High or St Mungo's turn it? Well, St Mungo's turn up like that every day. But how would you have lasted at Larbert High turning up with your full suit on? We were disciplined at your school. That's what our uniform taught us, Kyle. Was discipline and respect. <laughs> Listen, Listen I grew up in a nine tails. <laughs> Sean, I'll no. give you your respect. I grew up playing. For the school football team, where St Francis were the team to be feared. That was the team of the of the district. I, I wasn't in the football one. I was in the basketball one. Uh, I've got I'm, listen, a different path. I've got it in my notes. Sean Sean Friel, team of '95. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good times. What are you about five or six then? It's a hall of fame. '95. I've got I've got a few hall of fame rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was definitely definitely a lot of ring entering. I can yeah. just imagine now, because now you see Kay Carter as uh, like the top oh, yeah. MVP for 72 and 1973. You can just imagine it's St. Mungo's or St. Francis, sorry. It goes back to 95 and it's got S. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, when uh, when the old St. Mungo's got demolished, uh, all, all the plaques they had <laughs> to honour me, uh, I didn't manage to go and get them in time. So there isn't actually any proof of what I'm saying, so you are just going to need to take my word for it. But what I can uh, categorically tell you, Kyle, is that yes, in America, if you're good at sports, they're very popular. I actually found the same thing uh, when yep. I went to school as well because yep. it was so successful at basketball. Uh, people just really, really took to me. Well, listen, we we know one of your your closest friends were in the same circle. That's obviously the the, the top. He he followed you and listened to your every word throughout your whole childhood. Still does to this day. Uh, I, I, I'm just one of those people that I just I, I touched so many lives uh, through basketball. <laughs> cool. I think this might be a good time to go to some trivia. Right. But so my basketball career or the film. <laughs> you will find... There's probably be more research in your basketball career than it has the film. <laughs> right. So the only thing I've got there that. There wasn't a lot. I found a lot of the time that I was researching was more to do with how they were shooting the games and how they played and how many how many hours the actors had to train to play. Oh, and shit, need to give us a fuck about it. Give us something. <laughs> give us who was they showering on set? All these types of shit, but no, none of that at all. Who was pumping on set? That's all I know. Yeah, but again, one, the, two, the two bits that I have that I did think were interesting. One of what they touched on was Ken Carter saying that Samuel Jackson's portrayal was 98.5% accurate. And the second one, which is a tie-in to a film that we've reviewed recently, The Safari Inn in Burbank was also featured in another Samuel L. Jackson film that which, which we reviewed recently. Oh, True Romance? Yes. Ah. What a guess. <laughs> That's the one, remember, where the, the hotel... I guess the one where James Gandolfini and... Would have the fight scene. It's in the exact same after they've been up in Brad Pitt's like they're at the uh, safari. But aye, that's cool. Like same hotel. 
Happy day. Listen, we go full circle. Don't say the morons don't keep on track of what they're doing week in, week out. Uh, let's get to scoring for the movie. I think we should come to our NBA All-Star first of all. Sean, let us know uh, your thoughts and your score. I'm going to give this a very solid and respectable 3.75. Good score. Joe you know I'm going to be not too far away from you, but a little bit lower. I'm going to come in at a 3.25. Fairly enjoying myself. Craig? Um, I'm going to give it a slightly higher than you, 3.5. Daniel? I think the Dunder Alliance might be back here because as much as I enjoyed this, I think we've got to hold like a, a quality standard. And I think in terms of quality, it wasn't very good. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was a three-point or a layup. So I was sort of in between, so a 2.5 for me. I love the terminology there. That's, that's <laughs> nice. Right, Dunder. Go on, slam dunk it. Slam dunk it, Hunter. Go on. Five. No, you'll get the number of points you get for a slam dunk, which is a two. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, Bernsey, what does that do to the overall scoring? Solid three. A solid three. Any predictions on where that lands on the leaderboard and which movies will be around about it? A hundred-ish. Nineties. That'll be about 160. 160? If you think we've rated that many movies above a three? No, I'm kind of confused <laughs> with last week's with that landing. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you guys it is joint 94th alongside Heat. That'll get some stick when we do the top <laughs> 200 that we've got Coach Carter the same as Heat. <laughs> uh, he, uh, so it's slightly above Planet of the Apes, the original Batman Begins, the business, Dead Poet Society, Jesus Christ, um, and it's just behind uh, the best movie Disney ever made, Sean, Pirates of the Caribbean, Room and District 9. Oh, it's too high. I, I want to go back and take my score down, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave that for special 200 when we'll actually get around to making some adjustments on there and we'll eventually get No Country for All Men out of that top 10 altogether, Bursley, won't we? Correct. No, well, we'll 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 man we'll we'll it as well. We'll need to make Platinum. a pack that both of us put it down, Kyle, so that Daniel can just shove it right back up. Hobby <laughs> shoving it right back, back up. up. Motto, Bursley. <laughs> What's that? I say shove it right back up, it's my motto. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about the film, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, a three is a good scoring for it to come in. Middle of the road uh, for the morons on there. But thank you very much for listening in to us. Next week, we are going to be bringing you the episode of Eva, because we don't know exactly what order we're going to do them. We do wing this as we go. <laughs> it will either be The Road absolute classic or another classic movie that's well regarded um, really up there in the Oscar worthy style movies and Murder Mystery so either one of those two movies will be the next one coming to you, thank you very much for listening into the morons blabber on some shite about a sports movie, we do appreciate your time and as morons bid you farewell Slam dunk da funk <laughs> Slam dunk da funk <laughs>
<laughs> Sorry I don't speak moron as well as you, but let me try. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? It's a moron. That's not against the law. Gun! You fucking moron! I stop like Batman. Because he is Batman, you moron. What are you, a fucking moron? Ah! You moron! Drop dead. Moron. Stepping morons like yourself. Be down, you moron! A hey, moron! Bid you farewell and good luck, morons. Bye.